Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. talk about the importance of an independent judiciary. Why is it appropriate for him to weigh in on the verdict, even though the jury is I, I wouldn't think, I don't think he would see it as weighing in on the verdict. Representative Waters, um, Representative Waters, as you said, clarified, she said, my actual words don't matter. I wonder why the White House isn't also coming to the defense of Representative Waters, given the fact that she's now facing an onslaught of attacks, especially by, I would say, Republicans. I wonder why the White House isn't saying, we, we back what she said about being confrontational. She was obviously not threatening violence. There are civil rights leaders that are saying that's what that's what civil rights is, is to be confrontational, to be active. A jury in Minnesota found former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin guilty on all counts in the murder of George Floyd last May. It was a murder in the full light of day, and it ripped the blinders off for the whole world to see the systemic racism the Vice President just referred to. The systemic racism is a stain on our nation's soul. So again, thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice. So no, this verdict is not justice. Frankly, even think we call it full accountability because there are multiple officers that were there. The case to me uh, feels like a, a, a close case where it shouldn't be um, really even questioned whether there, there will be um, uh, uh, an acquittal. Your response to your reaction to this verdict? Well, you know, one down, many, many more to go. I'll, I'll say this, Nicole. Like I said, I, I actually always thought that he would be found guilty because it's sort of a cultural makeup call. But I'm not happy. I'm not pleased. I don't have any sense of satisfaction. I don't think this is a system working. I don't think this is a good thing. What this says to me is that in order to get a nominal degree of justice in this country, that a black man has to be murdered on air, viewed by the entire world, there have to be a year's worth of protests and a phalanx of other white police officers to tell one white officer that he was wrong. Listen, if it is a conviction, you'll hear a collective sigh of relief from police chiefs and sheriffs across the country. I have spoken to a lot of them, and believe me, everyone is kind of holding their breath on this one because you know what would happen should there be an acquittal or even if there's, you know, one out of the three counts. Uh 
And welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast. It's the 22nd of April, year of our Lord, 2021. That's a hell of an intro. That is just a hell of an intro. I, I, um, you know, I was joking with the wife and I said, he's probably going to get guilty, even though most of us believe it's evil, but it wasn't murder. Most people who look at it rationally, or at least manslaughter. And they'll be happy for a couple of weeks, then they'll go back to the same old stuff. We didn't even make it a couple of weeks. Um, as you saw the press secretary saying that the president didn't weigh in, but he did. Yamichi Cinder, you pay for it, saying, Hey, why aren't you taking up for Maxine Waters? who literally did call for violence. The president, again, with that systemic racism bullshit. Nancy Pelosi with, uh, he sacrificed. Thank you for dying, George Floyd. The squad, as usual, two of them. Uh, I'm not happy. Van Jones fake crying. And then a, Law enforcement officials saying what everybody else said. There was a huge thing on the five. My wife was watching, and Greg Gutfeld said that. And everybody moaned and said, that's just so horrible. But that's the overweighing problem. This case wasn't an honest case. They were never sequestered. These people live there. Let's be honest. Fear of the mob was just as much of a factor of him getting convicted on all three counts as his guilt. People don't want their shit burned. Then there was another one that we'll get to in a second, which is very telling on what we have. But I really, really, really wanted to start here. Two incidents. We're going to go over LeBron James and the Star Tribune before we go through a brief Chauvin and then into Ohio. This is everything that's wrong with our country right here. This is everything. Everything. This man is a gajillionaire. He is surrounded by security everywhere he goes. He has security with him. People with guns. He calls for violence because we're using your definition, Twitter, media, liberals, never Trumpers. This is your definition. This is calling for violence against somebody. And doxing the individual. He deletes it and then he becomes the victim. He's a victim. I tweeted about this directly to him. This is everything. A millionaire that 99.9% of all, as we'll learn today in our woke, whitey people, which is okay on Twitter, which is whitey. It's a racial prerogative against people that they type all the time. I thought it was YouTube people. We'll never know. 
as they live in their shitty houses, unemployed after COVID lockdowns, being told they're a racist, getting censored on fucking social media for having an opinion. He then calls for violence. It doesn't get banned by Twitter. He doesn't get suspended. He doesn't get impeached. Because this is way more pointed than what Trump said. And then when people say, hey, this is too far. Especially with the circumstances that we'll go into. He then becomes the victim. He's a victim. Look at poor me. And I ended the tweet with, yeah, there's systemic racism. A black man who lives a life that 99.9% of white people will never live. He makes money playing a basketball game. Talking about the ills of the United States. This... Biden talking about systemic racism after the system works. And the Star Tribune we're about to go into are just so disgusting. But this is our life. This is our world now. You know, when I was growing up, they bust African-American kids out. So African-American kids who lived in the inner city could meet white kids. It wasn't the other way around. And as a kid, I remember most of us not really caring. Sorry, my allergies are terrible. It's cold down here. It's just a miserable morning. So if I'm putting Vicks on my nose and wiping my nose, it's not very TV-oriented, but sorry. I'm dying. Um, They were just other kids. We really didn't care. But the parents sure felt good about it. Then as the years went on, you had to be part of that other culture. It was very important that we embrace other cultures because we were racist. Then it started flowing in, well, if you embrace the other cultures, you're the racist because that's cultural appropriation. And then the worst thing that could ever happen to our our country happened. It just outright happened. We elected a black president. Then we re-elected a black president, and if you really look at it, from that point on, everything got worse. They had to keep it going. After every incident where it's race-related and it works out right, the person gets punished, the person doesn't get punished. Oh, it's never good enough. It's still the whole system's broken. Everything needs to be burned. Everything needs to be teared down. America's so fucking racist. 100% I say to you, I wish we never would have elected Obama. Because these powers, this cult, literally lost their shit the moment Obama got elected. Because they were losing their number one argument America will never elect a black man and then we did so last podcast 
New York Times, the 12 members and two alternates in the Derek Chauvin trial remain anonymous. Their faces can't be shown on camera. Here's what we know about them. We played a CBS soundbite. But I never saw this Star Tribune. I'm going to blow this up and just go through it. Juror 2. The next juror. 19, 27, 44, and 52, 55, and 79, 85, and 89, 91, and 92 and the alternates those were done on purpose to pressure these people to pressure them to convict this is what they do they dox people they bully people The media and the left are the real fascists. Tell me if the circumstances were reversed and a news agency put out the jurors for a white person. Would that be okay? Would King James tweet be okay? And then tell me if it was a white guy killed by a cop in the very same circumstances. Oh, wait a minute. You wouldn't even know about the case. If it wasn't the media threatening, harassing, It was the protesters. We need to go way beyond voting at this point. That's right. We need to be coming out here every single day if that's what it takes until we get justice for the people that they murdered a week ago they've already forgotten about. The only reason, once again, that we got this conviction is because we showed up. Yes, we can defund the police. And maybe one day we will abolish the police. But we ain't going to do shit unless we have control over them. That is the number one thing right now. They're not going to let these pigs in these buildings have any more control over our lives today. That shit ends today. Derek Chauvin's police department burned to the ground. So we have to remember those people are still facing charges for arson. We have to remember them who just set us on the map once again because that was epic. I'm Ami Horowitz, I'm back in Minneapolis, and the tensions are high. The city is about to explode. I'm here to find out what the hell is going on. You can burn the whole city down, what does it matter? So I say burn the city down, you know, so they can see that we're here, continue the movement. 
Do you think the city's going to burn down? Yes, absolutely. No question about it? No. And that'll be the least of our problems. By, by burning all the city down, we'll teach them a lesson? I think, honestly, I'm all for burning it down. There shouldn't even be a trial. He should be convicted just as is. Even got off, would you support street justice on him? Yes. Y'all should have let the should have fed him to the wolves a long time ago. How, how many unarmed black people were killed by cops last year? You know, oh, idea? Hundred plus in just Minnesota? No, around the country. Oh, thousands. Un, unarmed black people. Thousands. Seems like they're trying to erase like our like disrupt the whole race of you know the African American race. Would you consider this a genocide? It's the eradication of an entire people. That's a good question, and now that I've been confronted with it, I'm gonna go ahead and say yes. I mean, genocide means like the targeting of one race for its destruction. Do you yeah. think that's what they're doing? Genocide of, of anybody that's not white. Would you call what's happening a genocide? Yeah, I think that's one word for it. Genocide? Yes, most definitely. A genocide? Yes. We need another civil war in this country in order for us to have true justice. If that's what it takes, then we have to do it. Do we need another civil war now? If that's what it takes, then I believe so. If that's what it's gonna take to revamp everything, for everything to be equal, at least equal for us to have justice, I believe so. Will it happen? Probably. What percent of this country are white supremacists? Say most of the country. I can't give you a number, but like... You say majority of the country. Yeah. Should we just gather up the white supremacists and do street justice? That would be ideal. <laughs> uh, again, I'm not gonna say anything that would directly incriminate me, but I would say that would be a good idea. I don't wanna say we need to go start killing all white folks, but it's like... But... <laughs> maybe? They need to feel the pain and the hurt. Fuck out of New York! We don't want you here! 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 We don't want your fucking money! We don't want your fucking money! We don't want your fucking taqueria! Owned by fucking white men! Tip 30%! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to see a you're checkered. just not getting through. 
though is we have a Pavlovian response in America that when we have p- impending verdicts and you see buildings start to be boarded up and businesses start to close that trust gap that's already there between our justice system and members of the community it expands exponentially because in their minds they say you're preparing me for an acquittal you are telling me if it's boarded up you anticipate my unrest my wrath you anticipate the devolution of a protest into looting and other things. And so part of what you're seeing in terms of the unease you're speaking about, Van, is that Pavlovian reflex and response to say, what does this mean if you are calling out the National Guard? People believe. Did you get a heads up? He has said all along, David, that he believes George Floyd was murdered and that he died in the hands of brutality. And he said in that phone call today that this verdict was justice. Uh, The family is hoping now for some reckoning here in Washington. They want to see the George Floyd Justice in Policing Act uh, passed. It has passed in the House, but it is stalled in the Senate. This would ban chokeholds. It would create a national registry for police misconduct. But Republicans, David, here in Washington, say that this bill would weaken law enforcement and potentially put officers at risk. So right now, this hope for movement is stalled. Congresswoman, if you support defunding the police, why are you paying for your own security? I'm sorry, ma'am. Do you have any comment on why you want to defund the police, but you're paying for your own security? They've emboldened them. That Amy Horowitz, I played the whole thing so he got us credit. Start killing. Start killing all the white folks. You heard a CNN expert literally say boarding up is racist. You know, that, that's a problem. We don't need to protect property. You got insurance. The Maxine Waters stuff. Uh, this was an actual tweet from a CNN. Um, Waters' comments on Chauvin trial pour fuel on the fire and expose Republican hypocrisy. That Vega girl you heard on the... ABC, literally, Tim Scott reform was blocked by the filibuster that the left's done 373 times the Republicans only done once because they didn't want them to get any wins. And all they said was, it's too easy. It doesn't do enough. This brings out the Republican hypocrisy because of this and that. CNN just played Biden's remark and cut it at his hope for the right verdict. Did not play the next words. We called it overwhelming. Yamichi L. Cinder, fact check. Conveniently finds that Maxine Water did not threaten violence. Eric Nelson is now using Representative Waters saying protesters should get more active and more confrontational. Derek Chauvin isn't convicted as a reason for mistrial to be declared. He's claiming she threatened violence. Fact check. Waters did not.
Do facts matter? In that montage, Tony Webster, incident with a semi-truck that just came aggressively through, then the crowd confronted them as shown in the video. Then they proceeded, unsure of any injuries. That was a journalist who tweeted, not people. Journalist. They wanted another Rodney King. Or not Rodney King. (laughs) Reginald Denny. All over the country, professors, one cop almost almost down, a million more cops to go. A million. How censures or tables censure on party line. Maxine Waters can continue to call for violence. Nobody cares. And they're not on the, doing that. They're doing this about Pelosi and Waters. We'll discuss on the other side. Jamar, what's your take on the significance of George Floyd as a person going forward? And I want to play what Speaker Nancy Pelosi said about this. And I'm not doing this to troll Nancy Pelosi, but I think it's important to frame how we think about things, again, looking forward. So look. You could say, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi has been in the spotlight since the day she was born. Her birth front page news in Baltimore, where her father was a congressman at the time. Pelosi's political education and evolution into the most powerful woman in American political history is the subject of a new biography. Madam Speaker, Nancy Pelosi and the Lessons of Power is by USA Today, Washington Bureau Chief Susan Page. who. Now, I... I... I understand their propaganda. I could have played another long one where Joy Reid is just fervently defending what Maxine Waters did. But that Pelosi stuff right there, I don't mean to troll her. And a USA Today journalist does an autobiography about how awesome she is. Lefties didn't like what she said. But that's our media. Here's a Portland, Oregonian. They don't even want to say who did it. A boys and girls club destroyed. And one of the most fervent things I've gone back and forth about through all of this is the hypocrisy. We talk about Trump could say this, uh, that's horrible and it's nothing, but all these people can say whatever the fuck they want, and we just cover it over. There's no censorship. There's no censoring. There's there's no nothing. They can just do what they want to do. But when we started this ride with Obama, or excuse me, Trump, we literally had a guy try to kill Republicans. He had a suicide or a assassination list in his pocket. They still reference it on CNN. You have said that seeing a colleague, Congressman Steve Scalise, get shot by a gunman in 2017, this was during an annual congressional softball or baseball game, rather, uh, you called his wife afterwards, and that shifted your views on gun control. I just wonder, why hasn't the combination of that moment, which Scalise and others bring up frequently, and this continuing epidemic of gun violence move the two parties to do something? This is why. Read that. 
They didn't even classify it as a fucking attack. It was buried. Andy NGO, Tapley, Margaret Rose, 28 female. Normal looking person. She's been arrested three times. Three times she's been arrested and released with no charges. Because she has the right ideology. Her ideology is in sync with the FBI, the current administration, the media. I mean, I I, I don't even fucking know what to say anymore. I just don't know what to say. Every time we turn around, we are literally having two standards. They're not the same. One side can say or do anything. And there's nothing wrong with it. That's Valerie Jarrett about our next shooting. I'll tell a story on this one. It's very interesting. Black teenage girl named Micaiah Bryant was killed because a police officer immediately decided to shoot her multiple times in order to break up a knife fight. Demand accountability. Fight for justice. Now, I'm going to play this next soundbite. And I want you to think... If the cop didn't do anything, he'd still be a racist, wouldn't he? Well, where we have police homicide as a leading cause of death among men, black people being disproportionately killed at the hands of the police, it is not wrong. It is, in fact, right for people to ask, is it appropriate? Was it the right thing? Was it a necessary thing for a police officer within minutes? Uh, pulling out his gun and and firing four bullets uh, into a teenager's body. Uh, it is a right thing to ask that question. So in other words, not everything that you're permitted to do is something that you should, in fact, do. And the question we have to ask ourselves, what if it were your daughter? What if it were your child? What if it were a member of your family, your neighbor, uh, in a uh, essentially a, a teenage fight, a schoolyard fight? Uh, certainly the facts will emerge, but we are right to ask, why can't we put the accent on life, children's lives, as opposed to simply assuming uh, the best we can do is simply kill another child. We have transparency upon what happened. We've worked very hard tonight to provide you a short uh, video of the officer, the first officer that arrived at scene, and this is the officer that did ultimately fire his weapon. We are not able to provide all public records associated with this tonight because of the redaction process and the public records laws. What we will be able to show you is the basic information that we have from our records. These are only gleaned from information that we have available to us. We do not interfere with DCI's investigation, so no information was obtained through witness interviews or officer interviews. At approximately 4... Excuse me, 4.32 this afternoon, officers were dispatched to 3741, excuse me, 3171 Legion Lane. The information was that a caller 
said females were there trying to stab them and put their hands on them. Dispatchers tried to obtain information about weapons, but were unable to gather that information. Officers were dispatched at 436 and arrived at 444. We will play the first video in real time. is finished. Chief, one of the big questions that has been asked primarily on social media, and it may seem like a silly question that, like, shouldn't people already know, but this is a legitimate question that a lot of people are asking, is can an officer shoot the leg? Can they shoot somewhere that would not result in a fatal wound, right? So a lot of people have said, couldn't he have just shot her in the leg so she dropped? Could he have shot her in the arm? Something like that. Right, you know. One of the, uh, the difficult things with that is um, when you're trying, we, we don't train to shoot the leg. Yes, and let me, let me just say, since you gave me the opportunity, uh, the killing of 16-year-old Michaela Bryant by the Columbus police is tragic. She was a child. We're thinking of her friends and family and the communities that are hurting and grieving her loss. We know that police violence disproportionately impacts uh, black and Latino people in communities and that black women and girls, like black men and boys, experience higher rates of police violence. We also know that there are particular vulnerabilities that children in foster care, care like Micaiah, face. And her death came, as you noted, just as America was hopeful of a step forward after the traumatic and exhausting trial of Derek Chauvin and the verdict that was reached. So our focus is on um, working to address systemic racism and implicit bias head on, and of course, to passing laws and legislation that will put much needed reforms into place at police departments around the country. There's no proof that there was racism in either one of those cases. That's a shit ass statement. But I literally want to go through this. Look at what the media did. WAPO. Ohio. I guess I'm covering up my face. Fatally shoot black teenager girl just before Chauvin verdict. Nobody said she had a knife. We didn't put it anywhere. Sherrod Brown. You know, we're going we're gonna to fucking work this shit as much as we fucking can. Bazaki uh, didn't say it. Nobody says it. We just say it's racism. We don't put any facts. We just move it along. No context, because we're part of it. Sherrod Brown, once again, while the verdict 
was being read in Derek Chauvin trial. Columbus police shot and killed a 16-year-old girl. Her name is Akaya Bright. She should be alive right now. We didn't talk about the knife. NPR. Uh, disclaimer from NPR on this article, which is yet to be updated with new information regarding the body cam video regarding the Mahakaya Riper shooting. Notes that facts reported by the media may turn out to be wrong. This is a developing story. Some facts reported by the media may later turn out to be wrong. We'll focus on reports from police officials and other authorities, credible news outlets, and reporters are on the scene, and we will update situation. Please don't attack us on Twitter. Here's Bree Newsom. There's a fucking screen grab. Did I get the screen grab? That's a fucking knife! She had a fucking shank! Do facts not matter? I want to play Heather McDonald again because they clearly don't. Teenagers have been fighting, uh, including fights involving knives for eons. We do not need police to address these situations, but showing up at the scene and using a weapon against one of the teenagers. Y'all need help. I mean that sincerely. Everyone should be frightened that the ruling white elite have done such a thoroughly successful job of not only disconnecting us from the means of basic self-sufficiency, but also convincing us we need armed white officers to manage our children and communities. Frightening. Frightening level of oppression, conditioning. Absolutely frightening. Let me blow this up. According to Brian, who said she'd been told of the advance by Micaiah's grandmother and father, Micaiah was in front of the house fending off a physical assault when police arrived and she had already dropped the knife in the yard. But police shot her four times without any warning, she said. The police are going to lie. I'm so thankful that someone in the family was actually on the scene. The police are going to lie. The police are going to cover up for themselves. They don't care at this point. I feel like they're just out to kill black people. Hands up, don't shoot. It's the same fucking thing. It's the same fucking thing. None of this ever changes. We're just repeating the tape. Unarmed. That's a fucking knife. Try to get over here. Knife. I can't. It's too big. It's a knife. She didn't drop shit. A.G. Hamilton. I saw a lot of these tweets earlier today. I followed my usual rule not coming until I saw the video. Do I have these? No, I don't. Um, or more details. Now body cam footage has been released, and you can literally see the girl trying to stab someone, forcing the officer to fire. Did a quick search, and all the usual suspects jumped on this, spread it in tens of thousands of people, or unjustified shooting. That's how the Daily Beast article framed it. We have a serious problem when the outraged mob can't wait a few hours for truth. And I'm sorry, but if you can watch the video and see this shot of her about to stab someone right before the officer fired and think it's an improper use of force, there really isn't much to discuss. A lot of the misinformation today about this shooting started with this irresponsible DB article from Blaker Dozen, which used, and that was what I read. Sorry about that. Um, I didn't label it correctly. Um, <clears throat> which uses false secondhand account from a girl's aunt and primary source. By the way, many of the article tweets claim she called the police, but that's also based on the same aunt said. The actual 911 call seems to be about her trying to stab another girl. Benjamin Crump. 
As we breathe the collective sigh of relief today, a community in Columbus felt the sting of another police shooting as Columbus police killed an unarmed 15-year-old black girl named Micaiah Bryant. Another child lost. Another hashtag. Unarmed. Unarmed. The lie. Screen grabbed Columbus body cam video. Police and the mayor say the girl in the black was attempted to stab the girl in the pink. Officer shot the girl in the black just after this. I wanted to put this up for him because he's an ambulance shaker. He's just an amb- ambulance chaser. That's that's his whole fucking thing, man. That that's that's all he's got. That's all he's got. That's it. Everything else about him disingenuous bullshit lies nothing's true anymore we don't we don't do true true don't mean shit to us we just move it along and go to the next lie over and over and over and over it is just so disgusting we just went through this unarmed shit with a person who was fucking armed. We we just went through it. I mean, do we remember? It was just a couple of months ago. It took months for the truth to come out. Because we buried it under a bunch of lies. We just went through this for Cisnick. Because it was buried under a bunch of lies. Everything we do is a fucking lie. It's just a lie. I mean, why have truth anymore? Why have facts? Why even have news? Why do we have a news entity to begin with? They're just propaganda. The New York Times. New York Times explains how editing the false unarmed claim out of the Benjamin Crump quote made it accurate. We read the... Quote, he did. Some notice of the tweet made it into the New York Times report with the unarmed part edited out. As we breathe a collective sigh of relief today, a community in Columbus felt the sting of another police shooting. Mr. Crump said another another hashtag. Stephen Miller would love an explanation of how this is ethical in any form whatsoever. I mean, it's pretty evident that literally every article these people write has to be archived for what they changed it without editor's note. That's where we're at. After a while, it makes you feel like I'm a crazy pills. So have to carefully verify everything over many sources is tedious and exhausting. I appreciate these enlightened, educated moments. At least they didn't repeat the false bit. Gerald Byer. There's no editor note pointing out the change, but the New York Times article now says, In the tweet, Mr. Crump incorrectly described her as unarmed. Our quote, I had to look for it, is accurate and reflects his sentiment without repeating what turned out to be inaccurate information about the facts of the shooting. Our story has also been updated to note that Mr. Crump incorrectly described Micaiah Bryant as unarmed in his tweet, though our story never included the incorrect information. This from an organization and the rest of the media that spent five years 
counting Trump's lies, mincing every word to the glee of never Trumpers. But yeah, yeah. Now we're we're going to edit the people we care about. Okay. Three important things the media won't tell you about the Micaiah Wright, ah, you suck, story because it doesn't fit the fucking, uh, the fucking narrative. My computer's acting crazy, sorry. That's why you saw a weird edit there for a second. Because <laughs> it was like, what the fuck? <laughs> the three things. One, Bryant was welding a knife. The rush to judgment was based on one reporter's cherry-picked facts. Lacey Chris, Paula Bryant tells me her 16-year-old daughter, Micaiah Bryant, was an honor-old student and a sweet child. Micaiah was shot and killed by Columbus police on Legion Lane at 430 today. Micaiah had a... Listen to this. I was going to play it, but I don't want to beat up the dead. Micaiah was named after a male prophet in the Bible. She was a very loving, peaceful little girl. She was 16 years old. She was an honor roll student. And um, Micaiah had a motherly nature about her. She promoted peace. And that's something that I want to always be remembered. A motherly nature because she was a mother. The rush to declare Micaiah Bryant was unarmed proves the narrative matters more than the truth. Body cam footage released by the Columbus Police Department shows Micaiah Bryant attempt to stab two people with a knife. They put it out. They put it out, but nobody wanted to read it. HuffPo. Police in Columbus, Ohio shot and killed a black girl around the same time the guilty verdict was read in the Derek Chauvin trial. Stephen L. Miller, a 45-second video that presents zero facts about the case. Great work. Notice how when the unarmed narrative is shattered by footage of the assailant lunging at the girl with a butcher's knife, HuffPost minimized it at best that they can be saying the video showed a knife falling next to the teen, like it had just happened to be there somewhere. Gerald Byer, I'm not making this up. Actual text of the HuffPost video. I have also provided a screenshot of the body cam video, so to allow HuffPost perhaps determine the soap. Body cam footage... Showed an officer firing several times with Kaya Bright before she collapsed to the ground. The video also showed a knife falling next to the team. Magically. So you clearly... Want it to be so. Biden condemns agitators and extremists to exploit the emotions of the moment... Who have not no interest in social justice. So everybody asks, is that Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, and Crump? Harris, we are all part of George Floyd's legacy. Our job now is to honor and to honor him. Thank you, cop. Which is the point I wanted to make. That nobody in the media made. These motherfuckers put a lot of black people in chains. 
I just want to make sure you understand that. A lot of black people in chains. He wrote the laws and she book them, Dano. She got the booking on. And I'm not talking about travelocity. And I could go through every shooting again. I could pull out that this is all a false narrative. But I'm not going to preach to the choir because everybody who listens to the show knows this is straight up lie. It's always been a lie. It's what it is. But to close this subject and move on to the rest of our cliff notes. I got to play this, Kendi X. I, I, I don't, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. So here's Kendi X on CBS. So now what? Chauvin is headed to jail. But is America headed to justice? Is justice convicting a police officer? Or is justice convicting America? When tens of millions of Americans after Floyd's murder last year took to the streets of nearly every American town, we were convicting America. Since 2013, more than 1,000 people have died at the hands of police, many of them mentally ill, many of them during traffic stops, like Dante Wright. Since the Chauvin trial began on March 29th, more than three people per day have been killed by law enforcement, many of them black and Latino and young, like Adam Toledo. It is easy to just blame individual officers like Derek Chauvin, but the problem is structural. The problem is historic. The problem is every single American who sees George Floyd and Breonna Taylor as dangerous, rather than the policies that led to health disparities, under-resourced schools, disproportionate black poverty and unemployment, and few resources for all of us suffering from drug abuse, from mental illnesses, from despair. Justice is not closing a case. Justice is not closing the cell door on Chauvin. Justice is closing the door on racist narratives and policies that endangered Floyd, that still endangers black people, that endangers America. Justice is opening the door to an anti-racist future where American fear is endangered, where I no longer live in fear, where Americans no longer live in fear of me. Justice has convicted America. Now we must put in the time transforming this nation. President Biden yesterday uh, responding to George, the George Floyd, Floyd case verdict uh, said uh, that George Floyd's death, quote, ripped the blinders off for the whole world to see the systemic racism in the United States. Uh, but he's an architect of multiple federal laws in the 1980s and 90s uh, that disproportionately jailed black people and contributed to what many people see as systemic racism. Uh, activist Cornell West said that Biden was, quote, one of the core architects of mass incarceration and that, quote, I think uh, Biden is going to have to take responsibility and acknowledge the contribution he made to mass incarceration. Uh, to what extent does President Biden uh, acknowledge his own role in uh, 
systemic racism, and how does that inform his current policy positions? Well, I would say that um, the president's one of the president's core objectives is addressing racial injustice in this country, not just through his rhetoric, but through his actions. And what anyone should look to is his advocacy for passing the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, for nominating uh, leaders to the Department of Justice to address uh, long, outdated um, policies. Uh, and to uh, ask his team, leadership team here in the White House to prioritize these issues in his presidency, which is current and today and not from 30 years ago. Does he believe it's important to accept his own culpability? I think I've answered your question. No, you haven't answered the question. And anybody puts that guy on TV, I'm just saying. Rights groups, Dems step in to help accuse Capitol rioters after learning they're under lockdown 23 hours a day. Britt Hume, this threat is holding up well. Josh Marshall, there's now a Brian Sisnick truth movement on the right, which suggests Sisnick neither died of natural causes or was murdered to tarnish ex-president Trump. Today, this new conspiracy theory made its way to the National Review. Hmm. That's a New York Times journalist. Cat turd, Jake Tapper. More here about murdered Capitol Police Officer Brian Sisnick from his family. Cat turd. Why are these disinformation lies from Jake Tapper allowed on Twitter? Nobody's removed any of them. CNN's actually very proud of their reporting. More than 14 weeks after the attack on the U.S. Capitol, the D.C. medical examiner has ruled Officer Brian Sicknick suffered two strokes and died of natural causes. Officer Sicknick was sprayed with a chemical irritant outside the U.S. Capitol during the January 6th attack. Later that night, he collapsed and was rushed to the hospital, and he died the following evening. Here to break down the medical examiner's findings is Dr. Priya Banerjee. She is a forensic pathologist. Uh, what are your initial takeaways, doctor, from the medical examiner's findings here? Yeah, so I, you know, I only have what the public knows at this time as well, because the autopsy report hasn't been released. But I am curious about how they separated the stress of the riot from his death. Um, I don't know if Officer Sicknick had prior medical problems, but the types of strokes that he had um, characteristically are associated with high blood pressure. And obviously the stress of a riot, working a riot, can um, raise that, you know, raise your blood pressure even without having pre-existing conditions. So I don't, I don't know. I'm curious as to why they did separate the two. To me, it would seem that the stress of working the riot being um, pepper sprayed probably precipitated his death. Would he have died that day otherwise? I'm not sure. We do know that uh, Officer Sicknick suffered two strokes. The medical examiner, though, told the Washington Post, quote, all that transpired played a role in his condition. And here is what we know transpired. On January 6th, Officer Sicknick was outside the Capitol. Around 2 p.m., he was sprayed with that chemical irritant, and it was less than eight hours later that he collapsed at the Capitol and was transported to the hospital. The following evening, he died. Uh, so given your expertise and, and sounding like what you're saying from the high blood pressure, what does that timeline tell you? Right, so it's that interval between 
being sprayed, the riot and his death, that makes it tricky. But if you're at all attributing the stress of that situation to death, then the manner should really be homicide. Meaning, even if there's a delay, like an interval, that the stress of the actions of others, which is the riot and him being at work, um, then precipitated or, you know, was I'm not sure how, if they're saying that the events caused his death or were related to his death, I'm not sure how they came to that exact conclusion where the manner of death is natural. Yeah, and look, there are many questions. Uh, The questions you have are questions that many people have. Dr. Banerjee, thanks for being with us. Yeah. All right, joining us now, Brian Stelter, CNN chief media correspondent and host of Reliable Sources. So, Brian, this doesn't change what happened on January 6th. This doesn't change the fact of the insurrection. It does adjust what we knew or believed happened to Officer Sicknick. It really is different than what we suspected at the beginning and over the course of time here. There is an effort among some in conservative media and on the right in general just to rewrite or to deny that January 6th happened at all. How do you think this will play into that? Yeah, I think riot denialism is getting worse over time, and this Sicknick news is being used in that effort. I think the media lesson here is that stories evolve and everyone expects that. Everyone should expect that and know that. Uh, in this case, in early January, authorities initially, mostly anonymously, described an incident where a fire extinguisher was, was hit on his head. The, the, the invocation was that he was killed as a result. That information coming from police and other officials, it's actually similar to what we're seeing in Minneapolis and elsewhere. Be skeptical of initial accounts whether they're from police or witnesses or others. This is another example of why people should be skeptical. Then that's the media lesson. But then the, the political lesson is there's these, this MAGA media agenda to downplay the riot, to downplay the assaults that day, the attack on democracy. And any little bit of news uh, gets used to fuel that agenda. That's what Tucker Carlson was doing last night. That's what uh, folks all over Twitter, the Trump troll army, are trying to do now. And it's a shame they're doing that using the case of a dead officer to try to downplay the riot. The insurrection happened, you know, and Officer Sicknick is dead, which is a tragedy um, to use one to disprove the other disingenuous to say it is. Yeah. When you couple it with this tweet on how they handled an actual assassination attempt, a person with an assassination list in their pocket, it says everything about our media. Absolutely everything. Everything about our media. And yes, Brian Seltzer, we're not minimizing the wrongness and what happened. We're just saying that compared to what is going on, let me play a video. I didn't put it out, but Capital riot or this. This has been declared an unlawful assembly. All persons must immediately leave the area by traveling to the west.
shows your evening anchors will still push to funding and as it gets worse they will blame you the cops and anyone who thinks for themselves this is blue cities continue to have the greatest disparities in wealth opportunity and safety so people will leave and the poor among us white black and brown will stay behind in their police defunded hell holes and cnn will say it's systemic racism that's causing the spikes in crime it's perfect you don't need proof if you live in a city run by Dems, where a police force made up of working class sons and daughters are treated like <laughs> while English majors in expensive black hoodies play vigilante, it's on you. But the rising crime stats from the past year are clear. When you defund the police, you're funding suffering. And it's why, if you can, you'll be leaving for that part of the country run by Republicans sooner than you think. And you can still call them Nazis after they shovel your driveway. You'll be safe. Now... I put that end clip from Greg Gutfeld because I could not get that video of people actually shopping as they're looting. Yeah, but January 6th is fucking horrible. They have now fired two cops for donating to Kyle Rittenhouse. And the journo now is I've left Twitter because of the hate. Then we got the Washington Post. This pretty much sums up everything, everything of what's wrong with our world. Post-Ryan effort to tackle extremism in the military largely overlooks veterans. Just going to read the headline today. We're going to do a military show in a little while. Um, yeah, that's, that's fucking hot garbage. So now they, it's not enough to go and demonize all these people, uh, just for being white, you know, now we're going after all vets. Breaking FBI joins investigation of traffic stop involving black army officer. Even though they did the procedures they're supposed to do, and he violated every tenet of his commission, he's got the most important character. He's black, so we're gonna we're gonna make something out of it. Biden to showcase business tied to Energy Secretary Granholm, the new bus battery stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, she owes a five million dollar stake in it. But no media reporting. That that was the conservative one. Biden and men supporting making D.C. a state call on Congress provide a swift and orderly transition to statehood, even though it's against the Constitution. But, you know, what are we going to do? House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, things are different. We have a president who wants to sign this bill. We need Republicans to vote principle and not politics. Hopefully, at some point, people will see, say to the Senate, it is undemocratic to have the minority hold the majority hostage. 373 
filibusters they've done to block Republicans. And nobody in the media calls them out. Not those principled people like Tapper. I mean, you saw Tapper on that when that guy went on this little diatribe. He didn't even push back. Dana Loesch on it. If D.C. wants to be a state, have them join Virginia or Maryland. Otherwise, they need to follow the Constitution. Other stuff. Media notice the court packing scheme is massively unpopular. By a margin of two to one, people are against it. And while we're talking about all this, we got to have principles and facts and yada yada. Here's Ted Cruz getting uh, Stacey Abram under oath to admit she still thinks she didn't lose that election. It's been over two years, and you still refuse to concede that you lost the race for governor in Georgia in 2018. You have said that, quote, you do not concede that the process was proper, and that, quote, they stole it from the voters of Georgia. Yes or no, today, do you still maintain that the 2018 Georgia election was stolen? As I have always said, I acknowledged at the very beginning that I that Brian Kemp won under the rules that were in place. What I object to are rules that permitted thousands of Georgia voters to be denied their participation in this election. So yes, yes was the answer you were looking for, but you couldn't get it out of your lying fucking mouth. And then I want to do an expose. I'm going to play two sound bites. And then we're going to talk about Liz Cheney, the latest media. We love her. She's a good Republican. Never Trump her. She's so smart. Uh, whether you're talking about North Korea and their continued uh, nuclear buildup and potential resumption of, uh, of testing, uh, long-range testing, um, around the globe we're watching uh, as our adversaries test us, as our adversaries threaten us. And so far the Biden administration has been lacking uh, sadly, in its response. Just now, Wyoming Congresswoman Liz Cheney, still the number three Republican in the House. Congresswoman, welcome back to Fox News Sunday. Great to be back with you, Chris. Thanks for having me. So, as Mike Emanuel just reported, yesterday, your home state, Wyoming Republican Party, censured you and called for you to resign immediately, saying that you had betrayed the trust of Wyoming voters. Are you going to step down? I'm not, Mike and Chris, sorry. And uh, look, I think people all across Wyoming uh, understand and recognize that, that our most important duty is to the Constitution. And uh, as I've explained and will continue to explain to uh, supporters uh, all across the state, and voters all across the state, the oath that I took to the Constitution uh, compelled me to vote for impeachment. She built this. Never Trumpers built this. And remember, Liz Cheney was a primary culprit of spreading fake news on Russian bounties to undermine Trump. Her actual tweets, if reporting about Russia bounties on U.S. forces is true, the White House must explain. Why weren't the president or vice president briefed? Was the info in the BDB? Who did know and when? What has been done in response to protect our forces and hold Putin accountable? Molly Hemingway. FWIW, quite a few people in recent weeks who generally like Cheney, including those not on the Hill, were extremely disappointed with how she worked so hard to help the New York Times spread its false anti-Trump story about Russian bounties. And then she's talking about, oh, 
He's not good. Him not doing good. You built this. You built the no filibuster, two new states, HRS1 that will never have a president who's a Republican will be lucky to ever win the House and Senate back. Packing court. Every time they pick up a mic, they disparage the entire country and say, we're the shithole. You built it. This is what you guys wanted. Trump was so bad, you wanted fascists to take over the country and change it forever. So you don't get any do-backs. Enjoy moving someplace else. Because this is coming to your neighborhood. Won't be in mine. They don't dare come out to where I live. Because we're all tower shooters. We're evil people with guns. Baby killers. Racist Nazis. And all the other things you guys said about us. Because we couldn't pull the trigger for Biden. We didn't like Trump. But we damn sure knew that that old bag of farts is a fucking Trojan horse for extreme socialism, anarchy, Marxism. And it's happening right now. And now you guys want to whine. Yeah. Shut your fucking mouth. Time to get woke. Turn it up. Turn it on. Rock it like we fed to the bone. Get on the floor. Run it loose. Gotta put these two left feet to you. If you need education in the party scene. If you think you can dance with me. This ain't no joke. Turn up. Let's get woke. The climate crisis is a crisis born of injustice, and it is a crisis born of the pursuit of profit at any and all human and ecological cost, which means that we must recognize in legislation that the trampling of indigenous rights is a cause of climate change. The the trampling of racial justice is a cause of climate change because we are allowing people And we are allowing ourselves to make sure, we are allowing folks to deny ourselves human rights and deny people the right to health care, the right to housing and education. It's almost too comedic, if you really think about it. It's everything we say it is. Everything's racist! These fucking people. At least I remember the music today. All right, let's start with that tweet I was talking about, Cassandra Fairbanks. This is okay on Twitter. No issues whatsoever. You can just go ahead and call people motherfucking racist. The Federalist. White terror is an American as the stars and stripes. How the left is answering Ibram Kendi's call for racial strife. You got never Trumpers reading this shit. They think it's good stuff. He's a smart guy. But it brings us to Jeffrey Ingersoll, and I think this is big enough, and I'll sit back a little bit so I don't block it. I thought this is pretty prophetic. Because everything we talk about in Woke is language. And now that language that used to be on a college campus or a lefty chat room is now mainlined in our administration and our media. 
The assault on language is a name of inclusivity or sensitivity. It's really just about making language so imprecise that regular people can no longer speak truth. Not a mistress, but a companion. Not a riot if it's mostly peaceful protests. Not illegal, just undocumented. And if you don't want to get really, and if you want to really get down in the guts of all the matter, please take notice that every mandated change in language is not only more muddled, but it takes longer to even say. If the base outcome of the change is to obfuscate and be labor language, then it seems clear that the people enforcing the change find the subject to be either one of much personal discomfort or just plain inconvenient to their goals, usually the latter under the shrill guise of the former. Don't call them illegal aliens, you bigot. These words literally hurt me. The result, if you're honest enough, is that not only does it take you longer to even be part of the discourse, but you must use blunted words that quite often, dare I say almost always, carry a connotation that is more conclusive to the goals of the people mandating the words. Jesus Christ, that's so true. It takes more energy to convey an idea, and even it's dissenting, the implications are exactly what the acolytes desire Anyhow, how can we abhor adultery when do would be uh, when to do so would be to be anti-companionship? How can we possibly be concerned about something as benign as undocumented non-citizens? Why is the world would why in the world would we condemn something that is mostly peaceful? If Jake Tapper wakes up at 2 a.m. and I'm sitting in his living room eating a Reuben and I'm am I there illegally or am I merely an undocumented building occupant. The absurd argument is that people cannot be illegal if you are trespassing. Your state of being itself is illegal. Now, some would argue that there's a difference between private owned buildings and public property, except sovereignty is a thing. And in a democratic free society is a thing in which all citizens share a stake. The worst part of this linguistic bullshit is there is heavy social cost to opting out. Back in Carlin's time, if you didn't adopt different abled, it just went over like a fart at a dinner party. Now, if you do not play by their rules, they attempt to destroy you. No longer are you briefly poo-pooed, CNN trapses across your lawn to demand why your Facebook page hosted Russian memes. Reporters bang on your door to ask why you gave $10 to Kyle Rittenhouse. Then come to your home and business, they shut you down and drive you out. How can you be against adult administering sex changes to children when they've been prepackaged as gender affirmation medical care? Isn't that the fucking truth? Are you against giving trans kids medical care? The function is to toxify any form of dissent for issues that deserve serious scrutiny. And let's be honest, if we kept calling these things sex changes, as we literally always call them, there would be zero political will to make them legal for children. The goal of rendering language inert is to transfer control of the outcomes to a small minority of people. And make no goddamn mistake that small group of people call it a Politburo, a Vanguard, or whatever, does not share your best interest. Their chief interest is power, followed closely by how to hold on to it. 
Destroying language is a key element of that. Finally, sadly, this movement has in large part become a kind of religion that was a deliberate choice. As a secular preference, your descent is just off-putting. As a religious edict, your descent is hearsay. The distinction allows for encourages even wholesale ruination. Yeah. It's why you get this. Kids cartoon Bluey blasted for not having disabled, queer, poor, gender diverse, or dogs of color. Whatever the fuck that is. And we're, we're so fucking chewed up in this shit that the Nextdoor app, which I don't have, my, my ring always wants to connect to it and I don't let it, now is going to stop you from even posting things that could be possibly illegal to the Thought Police. We're literally living the minority report. Woke anti-racism notifications aims to censor dissent. Ne- Next door posted in the description of the video announcement on April 18, the notification defects potential racist phrases such as all lives matter or blue lives matter and prompts the author to consider editing the post or comment before it goes live. The anti-racism notification does not prevent a neighbor from publishing, but aims to make people aware of language that may violate our policy against discrimination and the harm that can be caused by the use of these phrases. Next door clarified in a company blog. As a reminder, all Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter content is explicitly prohibited on Nextdoor when used to undermine racial equality or BLM movement, the Marxists who are burning down our cities and want to destroy our country. We made this change in light of our ongoing anti-racism work to make Nextdoor a platform where everyone belongs. Since 2015, we partnered with woke idiots, and now we're a joke. I mean, what the fucking fuck? What? The fucking, 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 fuck, 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 What is wrong with these people? I understand the corporate sponsorship because I've worked it out in my head now. It's not only the mob burning down their warehouse. It's they all think like this because they all went to the same schools and they've been brainwashed. But why would you saddle up to an organization 
and give them all this money and all they keep doing is burn shit if your sole purpose isn't to destroy the country? How does that benefit your business? Candace Owens' Chauvin verdict is a mob rule trial polluted from the start to finish. College sends email condemning American justicism following Derek Chauvin guilty verdict. Biden Education Department wants to prioritize critical race theory and 1619 project in school curriculum. Amazon regularly forces employees to confess unconscious racial bias. A company insider describes Amazon equity culture to the Daily Wire and it's as bad as you thought. Number one, U.S. high school pushes racist activism on students. Summary of the 13th, racism has persisted and evolved as an institution. Criminals are constitutionally deprived of freedom. African American arrested in mass, war against crime, war on drugs, war on race. Super predator portraying African Americans as dangerous. Three strike law, private prison monetized mass incarceration, financial disparity, forced plea bargains that almost always result in jail times. Felons who are released from correctional institutions are vastly limited occupation, housing, etc. Opportunities in society. Racism is not a concept of the past. That's in high school. Yet we covered Vox. And there, the effect of Black Lives Matter protest research shows places with BLM protests from 2014 and 19 saw a reduction in police homicides, but an uptick in murders. And the uptick is major. It's the Ferguson effect. We covered it on the show. Ferguson. It's everywhere. Every time this mob of locusts come in and destroy your shit, it doesn't stop the destruction because thugs can do whatever they want now. The cops are like, fuck it. I mean, this Michaela Wright incident right now, there will be people killed within the next three or four months that were killed while a cop watched, and we're going to hear the other side. They're racist because they didn't stop the person from killing. And then when you say, well, the cop was singled out by King James and the media, and they made a big deal about it, and da-da-da, oh, shut up, you're racist. Because that's all they have to do. You're a racist. And none of these entities, leaders from Portland black community, write an open letter calling on white protesters to stop doing damage to us. In the letter... In response to ongoing behavior seen as detrimental to black liberation, black protesters have drafted a letter addressing the larger Portland protest community so that our values and observations are clear to all. As black Oregonians concerned with the ongoing lack of accountability for the police violence that continue to disproportionately impact black communities, disabled, those with mental illness, the unhoused, and other marginalized people, it is important for us to stand in solidarity and state our shared values. There is no excuse for police to murder civilians. This is completely unacceptable in every abuse of power and stain of our nation, an obstacle to peace. For every cover-up, lie, and delay proves to us further this system is not reformable. As an array of black writers, speakers, activists, blah, 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 blah. Black people are not a monolith and how complicit black person in your planned space does not indicate support for black community. For decades, efforts towards black liberation have suffered at the hands of both well-meaning allies and predatory opportunities. And over the last year, we have watched as people have profited from and damaged our 
our movement without our consent or approval. Revolutionary times call for revolutionary measures. Excuse me, but success requires thoughtful action. Action that neither increases solidarity nor broadcast purpose while making lives of, yeah, whatever. Booking photos of these arrested at Dante Wright BLM Antifa riots in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota this month. Most were charged with rioting and or unlawful assembly. Antifa mugshots. Jonathan Samantha Thomas Carroll. Jonah Samantha Thomas Carroll. Zoe Asher Kaplan, Rebecca Brian Jacobson, and Michael Charging Hawk. They're all girls. Some of them with the male's name, and they all have fucking purple hair and look like they've been kicked out of their house. But nobody's going to print that. Nobody's going to do this. Chicago considers demanding cops ask for permission before chasing suspects on foot. D.C. National Guard left unarmed at request of the mayor prior to the Chauvin verdict. Seven-year-old black girl shot and killed in McDonald's drive-thru. Black Lives Matter, silent. That was in Chicago. Nobody fucking cared. So before we move on into the gay shit, this is what I say. Let them burn. Let their cities burn down. Let their neighborhoods be trashed. Let them have a murder rate that's only rivaled in a war. Ignore it. We have just gone through a year where a black man who took a lethal dose of fentanyl-laced meth that's actually fucking on video, you see it, A cop did a horrible thing. He's now got three murder charges, which you rarely see, but we were doing it for overkill. And yeah, nobody in the media said it, but he'll be charged with a higher course, not all three. But I heard people on CNN say that all three charges should be concurrent. And then we destroyed everything. We destroyed our institutions. We became so petty with this race stuff that you can't say all lives matter. You can't back police. People are getting beaten, murdered, looting. We've heard the media, Democrats, and everybody call for it. And yet every data point, everything, everybody's ever researched on the subject has said the moment this happens, it goes away. We get Garland in there now looking at the police department. We strip them of all their ability to enforce crime. We make them ask to go pursue people. And it turns into a fucking war zone. So let them burn. Let them all burn. Let all these blue cities burn. Don't even fucking care. Take your police badge. Go to another city. A red city. Well, we still believe in law and order, and it's blind, and if you commit a fucking crime, you do the fucking time. Because you can guarantee the FBI, all these people, as they're letting all these fucking cretins get off, because they have the right political ideology, oh yeah, just go ahead and fucking protest. See what happens to you. You'll end up like the people at the Capitol. They'll lock away the motherfucking key. You'll sit there for 70 years. They don't give a fuck. 
don't fucking care. They're treating them like people at Gitmo for trespassing. Because we now, regardless of the never-Trumpers and all the work by the media and all the cabals, the Liz Cheney's, we have just watched, again, worse conduct be excused away. This very week, we have said it's black girls to stab other black girls. We've had politicians call for violence. It was way worse than Trump. We have find out that nothing at the Capitol was true. Nobody was armed. Nobody was beaten with a fucking fire extinguisher. Nobody was murdered. They all died of natural causes. Let it burn. And then the moment your never-Trump friend sends you an email or says, wow, things are really bad, take a tow-to missile and load it. You built this sin. That's it. You built it. You made this. This is what you wanted. You couldn't handle a person that ducked wrong and he was too mean. You were so petty you couldn't look through to the policies which are actually good for conservatives. The economy was doing good. Our world nemesis weren't fucking with us. And he did the very same immigration policy this cocksucker's doing now. Kids in cages. You built it. So every time one of these come up, I'm putting this up. Let them burn. Let them all kill each other, rape each other, carjack, murder. Just stay in a red state where you can have concealed carry. Don't drive out at night. Stay away from the cities. Because it's only going to get worse. Because once again, if Obama taught us anything, when they get what they want, they just go into overdrive. So what's the first thing VP and the guy who put more people in jail, Biden, who happened to be dark-skinned, they just kept saying systemic racism. They're just going to keep going. They're going to defund it. They're going to remove every possible ability for police to control anything. Just stay away from the cities and let them kill themselves out. We'll just call it Darwin. It'll work. Stay rural. Fuck them. I just don't even care anymore. I don't care. I could have compassion for them. I could think that, yeah, you get, it's unfair. You growing up in the hood is like a kid growing up in a fucking trailer park. You don't have a lot of shots. It kind of sucks. But we don't even recognize there is a trailer park and there's more people on welfare that are white. We don't even recognize the more white people are being murdered by the police. We don't even recognize the more white people getting beat the fuck up by black people. We don't recognize any of this. We just recognize a narrative. Which brings us to a great letter. I want to read some of it. Let me go backwards. Sorry. No. No. There. Concerned Father sends letter bashing school. Uh, Here it is. Our family recently made the decision not to enroll our daughter at Burley for the 21-22 school year. She had been at Burley for seven years, beginning in kindergarten and short- 
We no longer believe the administration of Burley or the boards of trustees have any of our children's best interests at heart. Moreover, we no longer have confidence that our daughter will receive a quality education necessary to further development to critical thinking, responsible, enlightened, and civic-minded adult. And remember, this guy's a liberal. I write to you as a fellow parent to share a reason for leaving the Burley community, but also to urge you to act before the damage to the school, to this community, and to our own children's education is irreparable. It cannot be stated strongly enough that Burley's obsession with race must stop. It should be abundantly clear to any thinking parent that Burley has completely lost its way. The administration and the Board of Trustees have displayed a cowardly and appalling lack of leadership by peeling an anti-intellectual liberal mob and then allowing the school to be captured by the same mob. What follows are my personal views on Burley's anti-racist initiatives, but these are just a handful of criticisms that I know other parents have expressed. I object to the view that I should be judged by the color of my skin. I cannot tolerate a school that not only judges my daughter by the color of her skin, but encourages and instructors instructs her to prejudge, 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 that's not even a word, her to prejudge others by theirs. By viewing every element of education, every aspect of history, and every facet of society through the lens of skin color and race, we are desecrating the legacy of Martin Luther King and utterly violating the movement for which such civil rights leader believed, fought, and died. Burn it down. Let it burn. You can't fix it. Homeschool. That's the only way to deal with these people. Let it all go. Because if it isn't race, it's tranny. Hey, hey, hey. Bow. Little pump in the cut. Hey, gang shit, 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 gang shit. Now I'm sitting here trying to figure out why in the hell these people got these fucking little bitty ass kids at this fucking drag show, y'all. But it's 11:30 at night. It is 11:30. 40 at night, these people have children in a fucking drag show in LA on the beach. Look at this shit. Woo! USA! USA! Oh. Telling her, get her fucking money. Look at this fucking bullshit. Look at this bullshit now. Look, look, they giving them fucking money, yo. Little girls now. Look at this shit. Look at this shit. And fucking throwing money at these little girls. Got them picking up fucking money off the floor like they fucking strippers and shit now. Bullshit. You see this fucking bullshit? I'm ready to go. Let's get me the fuck out of here now. Somebody 
Get me the fuck out of here now. Never stops. None of that makes the news because we're too busy doing this stuff. Jamela Jahill. Puberty blockers are not permanent. Loads of girls at my school were, were on them for very early heavy periods. This is what in the 90s. I don't remember hearing the outcry about how dangerous and evil they were. Ah, but that's because they were for cis kids. So it was fine, eh? Yeah, no. No, no, it wasn't fine. That was totally different. Totally different. But Matt in Oregon sent me one of the most amazing things fucking ever. And this is fucking real. I mean, I could give him a raft of shit by, how did he find this? But I won't, because I love him. He's my bro. Gay porn film accused of racism after actors have sex with diggery-doo. So gay porn is racist. It is like my thesis. Oh, it's like a thesis, man. It's like I'm doing my fucking masters and I just, there it is. The, the confluence of trans fascism with fucking race hustling BLM. It just meets in the middle. And this is the story. I guess in the movie, the guy gets in and he starts ramming him in the ass with a plastic diggery do. And they lost their shit over it because that's cultural appropriation. So even the gay porn industry, which I've been saying for years, tranny stuff has just been overruling everything in our society. Wow. They got, they got step two. Bam. Stop shoving diggery-doos up people's buttholes. I mean, something you probably should already not be doing, but whatever. Amazon continues its crackdown on hate speech and pulls out every fucking book that shows that everything about this child bullshit is just bullshit because 80% of everybody, including the GLAD surveys, all go back. Which is why most of us say the same fucking thing. Nobody in the media wants to report it. Nobody on the left wants to report it. It's the same statement everybody makes that sits in my shoes. I don't give a fuck when you're 18 if you want to become a unicorn. Put a goddamn diggery-do on your forehead. Get it done. It's your life. But these children should not be changed for life because of your wokeness. And then did some just horrible shit, and it doesn't surprise me. Federal government caught buying fresh flesh of aborted babies who were preemies, which clearly shows we're doing third trimester abortions in Planned Parenthood. But they say they don't. But they are. That's 22 to 23 weeks, my friends. But the FDA was using that flesh. The federal government. Do you remember we used to talk about what we were going to do with stem cell research? Because that's out of baby flesh. But this is what the left does. They don't give a fuck. There could be federal laws. They've been fucking doing this to the Hyde Amendment forever. Everybody on the planet knows Planned fucking parenthood is motherfucking using federal money for chemical abortions because Obama jammed it through and everybody fought it back. And Supreme Court even fought it back and said you can't do it. 
You can't force people for religious convictions. But they're doing it. 650,000 chemical abortions today a year. Morning after pills. That's an abortion. Planned Parenthood, it's a new article, disavows Margaret Sanger, but continues racist eugenics ways. They're not going to change. They're just saying we're stepping away, we changed the road, but we're still going to keep on putting our fucking businesses in downtown cities where mostly proportionally black people there, and proportionally black people will get the most abortions, and proportionally they'll make a whole bunch of money off black babies being murdered, and nobody wants to talk about it because they haven't rectified that. We fixed the gay porn industry. We found out that they're racist, and we're fixing that. But we're not going to fix Planned Parenthood. Hmm. Yeah. So, it's time for This is America. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. It's time for the worst soundbite. When the liberal media is pushing one of them agenda story and says, This is America. 2021. Is it something that um, that Donald Trump, though, helped to amplify, to unleash? In other words, licensing the ability to behave this way, to express yourself yes. this way. Hundred percent, and this was the big, you know, this was the big issue for many of us when Trump looked like he would be defeated and then was defeated. This idea that you can beat Donald Trump in an election, put aside the fact that he doesn't then accept the results and incites an insurrection. Separate to that, there's the wider issue of quote unquote Trumpism, for want mm-hmm. of a better word, which is, as you say, the unleashing, the amplification of these views. These views have always been there in America. Right. People who point out that you know Trump is not new, they're right. But what happened in recent years was they had become taboo. They had become Come, you know, uh, on the fringes, they weren't seen as mainstream. What happened on the Trump was these people and these views were able to crawl out from under rocks. They were given amplification, legitimization from the most powerful man in the land. And therefore, just beating Donald Trump in elections is not enough. These people are out there. They turned up in the Capitol. They represent a big chunk of the country, whatever you want to call them. You know, Hillary Clinton was famously attacked for talking about a basket of Trump supporters as deplorables. But the reality is there are millions of Americans out there who either support uh, racist, far-right authoritarian views or are willing to turn a blind eye and still vote for the people pushing those views. Look at the polls, Alex. Before I go tonight, a quick piece of news from the world of big tech. We spent the day hearing from quite a few old college classmates, in some cases people we've been out of touch with for 30 years. It was nice, but here was the occasion for it. Jeff Bezos had one of his minions, a mentally unbalanced middle-aged man called Eric Wempel, pull our dusty college yearbook and call around to see if we'd done anything naughty at the age of 19. That sounds like fun. Let us know if you hear any good stories. But before Bezos drops any more of his billions on opposition research, you should know that it will not affect any election outcome. This is a news show. It's not a political campaign. No one here is running for anything or plans to. On the other hand, if Jeff Bezos wants to come over to reminisce about 1987 on this show, he's always welcome. Anytime. Yeah, that, that's just perfect right there. So it, it once again reaffirms the concept that if you disagree with them, you are 
a deplorable. Then there's the Tucker. This is what is wrong with our society. All the time, Trump was suppressing. We weren't getting the truth. And now we live in a factless society where the President of the United States will go on and say, oh, it's systemic racism that a cop stopped a black girl from shooting another or stabbing a black girl. That's racism. Yeah, but, you know, hey, we, we got WAPO trying to find dirt in a yearbook. And then we have this really great one. This is uh, uh, the picture. Let me go back here. Uh, NPR TV critic, Eric Deegan. Wow, CNN and MSDNC show Ben Crump and Al Sharpton, black men representing George Floyd's family, speaking on Chauvin's verdict. Newsmax and Fox News Channel showing white experts and pundits talking about Chauvin appeal and potential for rioting. Responses from the Orlando Vegas. Are you surprised? No, this is precisely why I stopped listening to NPR years ago. I watched Brett Bear. And this was what was on. Tim Graham, fact check on NPR. Fox News ran five minutes of Al Sharpton live. At the time, Deegan tweeted, Brett Baer was talking to black expert pundit Adam Roosevelt, who is a young African-American. It goes back to what I say all the time. Fox News is the Satan to all these people because they can't look at their own network and go, what the fucking fuck? I said it all over Twitter. I don't even care if I got suspended. Van Jones is the token black person for CNN during the day. Don Lemon's the other one. My wife is watching all this shit in the background while I was fucking around on my computer. I saw more black people on fucking Fox than I did CNN. But maybe there's hope. And I always like ending on a positive, happy something. Come on, baby. Sad trombone. CNN Keller severs disasters reigning on debut on New Day. On Monday, CNN's Brianna Keller began her new gig at New Day co-host after just over two years helming CNN Right Now and the weekday afternoon edition of CNN Newsroom, which she had come to establish herself as a condescending, far-left, fox-hating, smug pundit who commentaries masquerading as a journalism. Unfortunately for Keller, the ratings were in, and the show was down 30% in total viewership from last year and 33% in the coveted 25 to 54 demographic. This should come as no surprise, but this would mean that the show has continued to reign as the least-watched show on CNN, Fox News, or MSNBC. Nielsen Research revealed that Monday Debut featured a paltry average total of 495,000 viewers. A minuscule 122,000 of the 25 to 54. The infallible Road MN Minnesota dug into it. The numbers from Showbiz, Showbuzz Daily come and found that the 8 a.m. Eastern hour was the only one to crack a half a million viewers with 627,000. On a debut show, our Kristen Marsh wrote about how Keller had brought along her unsufferable partisan snarky roll-the-tape segment, and it was a doozy as she sh- took issue with the Chirons of Fox News, which we played on the last pod- podcast. And it's just clearly hilarious because, come on. Come on, man. Corn Pop even knows your guys' Chirons are the worst. Let's end on some lighter fare.
Oh man, got a little dirt in my Crocs. Yeah. Nothing a cold beer won't fix. Oh, oh no, Mr. SoundCloud guy, I don't want to do a music video. No, 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 please, seriously, please. Do it or I'll play for the Georgia line. Fine. Fine. We've been at the ranch for days, just sleeping on this here cot. And ain't been no privacy for my wife to play with my. Been three long days and there ain't been an animal inside. But now I'm looking at a trophy I might pull out tonight. This is cool. BlackRifleCoffee.com. You should buy some of that. Sh- I would, but I don't have thumbs and I'm kind of pinned to a wall because Matt Best killed me. F- that guy. Good stuff for Matt Best 11X. You see that on the uh, BRCC coffee also. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politics Podcast. Please share this with family and friends and go to fuckpodcast.com to get this 
episode and all past episodes in video or audio formats with the links to Rumble or SoundCloud. Make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yeah. Spend some time with your family. And tune back in Monday, 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 the 27th of April, year of our Lord, 2021, for another great show. But Lods on, I'll probably do it Sunday, because every Sunday I like doing a podcast. Numbers are up. I thank you all for listening. Make sure you share it with everybody. Spread the word. Because in the end, this might become the little logo of Pirate Radio, because the way they're cracking down on everything, God knows... We might not have anybody on the TV that's able to ever enunciate an opposing view. Because remember, if gay diggery-doo porn is racist, sweet God, what's next? Thanks for listening, folks. You take care.